Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here, and thanks for joining us. Part two with Drew Boa, who is just so good at uh, leading people into freedom and into wholeness, and the Lord has led Drew uh, into wholeness in, in his own life, and now he's he's the founder and the leader and the director and the CEO and the president and the main teacher and everything of of husband material. It's a lot of titles, <laughs> and he's just cringing as I'm saying all CFO this. CFO too, <laughs> yeah, you got to add some more. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, because and the boss, we got to put boss in there. Boss, he's the boss. Oh man, he is. Uh, he's he's way too humble to call himself by all those titles. <laughs> but we can, so we'll pump him up. Uh, he, he's too humble. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Drew, you're down in California. The dictator. <laughs> the dictator. <laughs> the dictator. Right. Dic- Supreme leader. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. We better get going or it'll yeah, be half no. an hour of titles. Uh, dictator Drew. It's good to be with you again. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I don't have any full-time employees. I'm just the only guy. <laughs> you dictate people into healing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And so today we're talking about that healing the inner child, doing the inner child work that you talked about last week. Listeners, if you didn't listen to a story last week, you can, you can go back and listen and and uh, just get a preview of this. But we're going to go deep into some inner healing stuff today that Drew leads people through. And so, yeah, Drew, why don't you just give kind of a, a foundational uh, maybe understanding first of what is it to work on your inner child? To work on your inner child uh, does not mean going back into the past. It means realizing how your past is showing up in the present 
and I can explain that a little bit. There is this concept in neuroscience called implicit memory. There are two types of memory, explicit memory and implicit memory. So explicit memory would be if I ask you, what's one of your favorite songs? Matt, you were listening to a lot of Celine Dion the other day. <laughs> I'm just joking. It wasn't Celine Dion. What were you... What are you into? Heavy oh metal? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not musical enough. My wife's like, let's worship. I'm like, can you pick a song? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Amazing Grace. There you go, Drew. Oh, Amazing man. Grace. Yeah, you went the churchy answer. There you go. It's a great song, though. I, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> okay. So Amazing Grace, wonderful song. You just accessed your implicit memory to do that. Now I'm going to ask a different kind of question. As you hear that song, where does it take you back to? What does it remind you of? So <laughs> I I don't know if that was the best answer for me, but I'll say this because I, I kind of understand where you're going. There are certainly songs, I just, my brain doesn't register music, That's but okay. there are certainly songs that when I hear them, it takes me back to memories for sure. Uh, yeah. It'll be, I hear a song and I feel like I'm in this you know, I'm driving on 63rd Ave in Edmonton because that's where I heard it five years ago. And so I think that's probably where you're going. And, and I don't have a specific song now, but I know that does certainly happen a lot. Well, if you ask yourself, what comes up for me when I listen to that song? What memories might pop up and might come to the surface? That's not a conscious memory. That's what we call a body memory, an implicit memory. And when you hear that song, it takes you back to that place. Well, the exact same thing happens for us sexually and emotionally. When you see uh, a certain celebrity, maybe who you've fantasized about in the past, it, it can it can activate uh, those body memories of of the experiences, maybe from when you were younger when that was happening, or emotionally when I feel misunderstood a song might be playing that takes me back in time. And in those moments, physically, we feel like we're back in that place. So that's what I mean. So that's what I mean when I say inner child work does not mean going back into the past. Your inner child is very much alive. And there are times when we feel like that song is playing again. And when we do inner child work, we're saying, okay, let's, let's listen to that song and then let's discover why this is coming up now and how can I learn to relate to this part of me with the love of Jesus. Hmm. So if I can, you're coaching me now, do some role play that, it's funny, a couple of days ago, my wife and I were talking about a song that we heard on on our honeymoon a lot in the Bahamas. And so every time we, we hear it or sometimes it co- or we just look it up on YouTube, it just brings us back, right? We got these memories. And so that's one thing that happens. But another one that happens sometimes is 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 playing high-level hockey here in junior hockey in Canada. Warm-ups are really fun. So warm-ups are before a game. You go out, uh, you're warming up, you're taking shots and stuff, but you're also just hanging out with friends. You're laughing on the ice and there's music going and and it's just fun. It's like chill. It's relaxed. It's it's not just, you know, get serious for a serious game. It's fun. And so a lot of us lo- like warm-ups. Well, sometimes I hear 
when I'm watching hockey or wherever, I hear songs that would play in warm-ups. And so I feel that I'm there, which is, you know, what, 17 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And and so I I don't um, desire this life of hockey. Like, I, I'd rather live the life I'm living than play pro hockey. But when those f- songs are playing and I put myself back, like I remember that, I there is a sense of, I wish I could be there. There's a sense of disappointment. The Lord spoke to me in May last year about he. All it was was I was having all of this this chest pain. I was short of breath. I'd walk ten steps out to my bathroom and, uh, and I and my body was acting out. And and so my wife was like, "Man, you gotta go journal, honey. Like, what? You gotta write about what's going on." And and I said, "Yeah, I do." And I, so I was leaving my room, and all I heard was God say the word disappointments to me. And so I started journaling disappointments, and and. Uh, and it's just it been a constant theme, and there's more that I could get into, but I'd rather have Drew share. But disappointments has been something that I've carried unknowingly. And so when I'm coming to you, Drew, and I'm going, man, when I like, I feel like life is okay, but this song comes up, and I feel disappointed that I'm not back 17 years ago. How do you how do you work through that? How do, how does it, how is that a scenario where you then lead people to healing? Well, there are lots of different ways to do it. Um, I've developed this approach that I like to call older brother coaching. So when you can locate that memory, like, okay, I feel like I'm back in, in junior key when that song is literally playing, then I might invite you to imagine being back in that place or, or picture it in your mind and pay attention to younger Matt, um, the expression on his face. What is he doing? How's he feeling? And then how do you feel toward him? And depending on, on if you feel a sense of uh, compassion for him and connection with him, then it might be helpful to, to go and, and spend some time with him. Um, and to be with him. So what does that look like to spend time with him? Yeah, well, if you feel comfortable with it, you you step into that arena and show up and see how he responds. Depending on, on how you're feeling towards him, if you're feeling a lot of self-contempt, it might not be safe for you to do that. If you're feeling anger towards him, or if you're feeling really ashamed of him, um, that could be that could be harmful. But if you're feeling a sense of of wanting to spend some time with this kid, then you can go up and, and in your imagination say hello, see how he responds. Maybe you have a conversation with him, or maybe. Uh, maybe you just sit with him and don't say anything. Maybe you give him a hug. Maybe you go and do something that that he would have loved um, together. Or, as we talked about in the last episode, inviting Jesus into that memory and seeing how he relates to you. Hmm. So in these kinds of exercises, we are becoming like the older brother that we never had. And you talked about a, 
an experience when you were somewhat older, but you can also do it in memories from when you were much younger, even um, memories from early childhood. Now we have to be a little bit careful because it can easily become overwhelming. And so I recommend starting with a memory where you felt safe and loved and using that as a starting point. And then with my clients, we often work into some of the more difficult memories and some of the ones that are behind our specific sexual struggles. And then Drew, I wondered, I wanted to get your kind of what, what happens when, cause sometimes some of these memories, um, I know Matt brought up one there, but there's times where over the years, because that whatever event happened might've been very painful. Um, we build up layers and layers of walls. Um, one could be anger. One could be, you know, we, we respond a certain way by either running or retreating um, from that memory. Um, there's these walls, protective walls we think are protective that we put around some of these memories. What are some things that you would do um, in those moments to try to bring some of those walls down if it's uh, painful? I know you talked about kind of starting with a soft start, right? Start, start with a, a more light memory. But what else, what else would you address with, with some of that when you see those kind of really difficult areas that are really entrenched and maybe really protected? Always being gentle and tender and respectful. You might not be ready to engage with a part of your story. I wasn't ready to engage with the part of my story that involved sexual abuse until two years ago. And it was a trigger tornado for me without a deeper foundation of healing that could have been a recipe for relapse for me. So never want to push it, never want to force it. Um, I always want to start with where, where the person feels comfortable. And if something's being repressed, uh, a lot of times it's, it's for a good reason. And, and I think that, that's also something I see with God is, is he's, he's very gentle and kind and loving with us. Um, and so, so I think this, this kind of coaching can, can really become harmful when I, I think I know what someone needs and I'm imposing my, you know, my understanding or my analysis on them rather than just being with this person and kind of following where, where they want to go and being sensitive to how the Holy Spirit might lead us along the way. So I'm picking up something here is that you're kind of helping some of these people along and journeying with them. Um, is this something that needs to occur with the help of another? Or is this something that we can do in our own private life as well? What would you recommend? Yeah, you can certainly do it in your own private life. I mean, the goal is to connect with a part of you that is stuck. Mm. Um, last time I talked about how my sexual development got stunted when I was 13. Um, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with six-year-old Drew. I really like six-year-old Drew. He was 
just awesome. He made art and he lived in Puerto Rico and he was having a, a pretty good time in life uh, as a kindergartner. A 13-year-old, I wanted to kill him. I was disgusted by him. I really didn't like myself at that time. And that's that's where where I needed a, a lot of work, but but it was something that I, I didn't necessarily receive counseling on at the beginning. It was just learning more about myself at that time, seeing myself through the eyes of love and then giving myself what I needed uh, rather than the, the fake substitute of pornography. I mean, that's, that's what made a tremendous difference. It was like, I like to say that porn is a pacifier and the, the image of a, of a pacifier is one that seems like it could be caring, like caring for a little baby by giving it a pacifier, but really it's cruel because it doesn't provide any nutrition if the baby's hungry or thirsty, but the real deeper need is for love and connection. And a pacifier doesn't provide nurture. It just makes the kids stop crying. And I think that's what pornography does. That part of us that's still showing up all these years later, it's crying. And pornography is like putting a pacifier in its mouth. Rather than what I'm talking about here, which is showing up with love and connection, even, even for myself. Um, and some people might be uncomfortable with the concept of self-love. Just think about it this way. God loves you. Satan hates you. Whose side are you on? If you're on God's side and he loves you, then loving myself is just siding with God. It's mm -hmm. just right. receiving rather than resisting. And then it, it doesn't have to be narcissistic. When I can receive love in these places, then I can overflow. And then I can offer that to others. Mm. So the, the whole point of it is just getting unstuck so we can overflow with love. Hmm. It, it's, uh, it's actually humbling to be able to love yourself because we, we can think, no, you're proud if you love yourself, but it's a different kind of love. It's a humble love. Like I've screwed up, but I'm loved, so loved by God that I can love myself despite what I've done. It's amazing. But that's hard for a lot of people when there's been so many screw-ups when they've been told that they're bad, shown that they're bad, or when they've just themselves screwed up so often and they've hurt so many people. And so when somebody is going through this, a lot of times there's so much guilt and regret and it's hard to forgive themselves, hard to give compassion, hard to give empathy. How do you, how do you lead someone through that when there's just so much regret and, and um, you know, maybe they don't want to go back to their mistakes because it's too painful or they don't feel like they deserve the acceptance or the empathy or the love because they don't forgive themselves. How do you lead someone in that situation? What would you say, Matt? We're interviewing you, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one thing that's been on my mind lots, and I actually got this from Cynthia Sam, who we both know uh, from helping people with pornography. Uh, the, it, he made it, he made it so clear just the wording that he uses is he he said compassion is the operative word and 
so I took that and I go to scripture and I go when when Jesus performed a miracle to so many people, he it said he felt pity for them or he felt compassion for them. And so looking back at our past where the in terms of the mistakes that we've made, when we can feel compassion for the person or for the child and, and with what you're saying, uh, mm-hmm. that they just didn't know better, that they were hurt. That's why they did what they did. Yeah. Feeling compassion for yourself and showing compassion for yourself, I think really helps when we're dealing with regret or unforgiveness yeah. towards ourselves. And so you want to go back there and, and, yeah. and feel what, that person what you were feeling at that age and feel compassion for yourself and even express that mm-hmm. so that's kind of probably my starting point and where we'd work through um absolutely and and the problem is sometimes we just don't feel compassion and i know intellectually that god loves me and i know that i should love myself um, but what happens when you, when you just don't feel it well one of the skills that I've learned from internal family systems therapy is being able to pay attention to, um, to my inner critic or to another part of me that might be unkind or, or might really feel, feel negatively towards that little boy and say, Hey, would you be willing to step back for a moment? and give me a few minutes with little Drew. And if so, then we'll check in again. All right, how do I feel towards him? Well, now I feel kind of ashamed of him. Hmm. Would the shame be willing to step back for a few minutes? Yeah, okay. Well, if I have that permission, then that can kind of create a little bubble where where I can relate with compassion and and try it out a little bit and if i can't show that to myself in the moment maybe i need some help maybe i need another person to show that to me maybe i need ask jesus how he feels about me or how he feels about that little boy and that's one of the beauties of inner child work is that uh, it's a lot easier to be hard on myself to beat myself up as an adult there's something really powerful about thinking about that little kid. Mm -hmm. Do I really want to beat up that little kid? Do I really want to be hard on that little kid? And when I can kind of separate it that way, it becomes a lot easier to melt and to soften. And for me, that's, that is why I believe so much in this type of healing rather than, what I call the military mindset because there are some porn recovery ministries that, that have a a focus on kind of being tough and and overcoming and conquering. I find so much power in being tender Mm. rather than being tough. Right. One, I I like what you said about some of those moments engaging with them, asking the shame, take a step back and then even another key of Jesus what do you feel what do you think about this little boy and often that gives language for us because sometimes we don't know what we feel sometimes we we were not there yet or maybe the feelings we have are are negative so when you hear what God's saying about us in that moment about that little boy there's the truth right that's the truth that we're grounded in and then we can start to hear that 
start to receive that and then see the compassion and love that our Savior has for us, Jesus has for us, and know that he was there with us in that moment. And the breakthrough that we can experience when we encounter that and understand that. Because Matt said this a few times, I think, like some memories are incomplete for us because we don't include God in them. And, um, you know, in those moments Mm -hmm. when we were hurt or we, we did something or didn't do something, we don't realize, but Jesus was there with us. So when we don't remember it right, it's an incomplete memory. And so when we go back and Jesus is with us in that moment and we see that and see what he's feeling for us, the breakthrough is so real, so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I know that we might have to revisit those moments, but I've seen that happen where a a 75-year-old woman goes back to something when she was a little girl and she's what Jesus said about her in that moment and she breaks down. The pain that was in that moment is released and she sobs Mm -hmm. pain, but in a good way. It's being released that was been held for 70 years. And I've seen that. And so this is very, very good, very real and true because we're, we're inviting Jesus into those moments and then seeing the truth of what he thinks about us. And then that can become um, what we're believing as well because it's the truth. Um, and so even if we're feeling negative things, well, regardless of whatever we're feeling, this is what Jesus says. And, and then that starts to change the way that we view those moments. And so I so love what you're, you're talking about. It's powerful. It, it's both helpful against sexual temptation and against sexual accusation. Because in the middle of temptation, um, I don't believe those things about myself. And, and then after sexually acting out, I certainly don't believe those things about myself. Um, and so it really interrupts the cycle. And a lot of the lies we believe that that need to be rewritten, the memories that need to be reprocessed, well, they were once true. So for me to have a core belief that I'm rejected, I'm not lovable. At one point, I experienced that as true. So to just tell me, Drew, you really are lovable, or you you really are not rejected, you're accepted, it can feel kind of hollow because my body's telling me something different. That body memory, that implicit memory, So when we can access it, reprocess it, and and have the truth planted there, then it's like the roots go so much deeper. Yeah. You're talking about deep roots. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast. It's it's in Pure Freedom Journey in our trauma recovery portion, but uh, I I was 18 and I got... A concussion playing hockey and so for the next six years I had uh, headaches and it didn't it wasn't just a concussion the whole time it was actually my the top of my spine was out of whack and so it was my jaw was crooked and that was all ca- causing headaches and so there was an x-ray that was taken and finally we figured it out and a year or two later I went to a lady doing blood dialysis and so she took samples of my blood and she was looking at them through a microscope and she said to me did you have trauma when you were when you were young and I said, I don't know, I had pretty good childhood, I can't think of anything, and she's like, there was trauma that happened, and she's like, adamant, and I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know, I'm like, I don't know, I can't think of anything, and then she said, I don't know if it was the next question or two questions later or something, she said, did you have a spinal injury? 
And I said, well, yeah, I like when I was 18, I got concussion and headaches for six years and I couldn't play hockey anymore. And she's like, well, that was the trauma. Like you had a dream for your whole entire life and you had a concussion. And that was that was uh, obviously traumatic for you and hard to get over. And so she's like, I could see trauma in your blood and I could and I could see this spinal injury, this marking of a spinal injury in your blood. And and I looked at it and it blew my mind because the shape that she could see where it was like a circle of blood, but there was a part of it where blood couldn't flow. And the shape of that, it kind of actually ironically looked like a hockey stick. But that was exactly the shape that w- it mimicked the, the spinal, the crooked, uh, the x-ray, where my spine was crooked, where it came up and then it curved a bit at the top. And she could see that in my blood. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm looking at my x-ray, <laughs> but now it's in the blood. And my mind is blown and she's not a believer, but she believes in spirituality. And she looks at me and she goes, well, you know, life is in the blood. And I'm like, holy smokes, like, uh-huh. like our, our life is marked in our blood. And so she recommended medicine and stuff for, for different things. But she's like, you got to talk to the psychologist. And I'm like, what? Like I'm here for, for there were physical pains that I was having and stuff. Now she's recommending a psychologist and I didn't understand it. And I didn't end up seeing him, but I did do a lot of heart work and stuff. And I saw her a few years later and she looked at my blood and she said, I don't see anything there. I don't see any trauma. And mm-hmm. and she was like, you've obviously done some work. And I just found that so fascinating that our trauma and our things from our childhood, things that are, that are from our life, it, our body carries it with us and we don't necessarily yeah. know it. But then when it's yeah. dealt with, there's such a freedom that, it, it's not like all always like a demon is being delivered from you. It's sometimes like right. a, just a freedom. You your body feels a release of this emotion and this trauma. And I think that there's a, such a greater power in this than we can understand. But doing what you're doing and going yeah. so deep into these things is so powerful because our bodies remember these things. Yeah, Matt. What you just described is profound to me. What that medical practitioner saw in your blood feels like the same thing that I see when I look at people's sexual triggers and fantasies. The shape of it mimics the experiences, That's right. the childhood experiences that wow. are still unresolved. The places where we got stuck, the places where we got hit, the places where um, there's, there's a crookedness. There, there's something that went wrong or, or, more often there's something that should have gone right that didn't. Um, and so, and so our, our very specific types of, of struggles that we have have that same shape. And, and as Jay Stringer says in his book, unwanted that brokenness reveals our way to healing. It shows you exactly where we need to heal. That was really well put. <laughs> you just took that analogy right in that moment. And that was a really, really good analogy. Um, it's interesting. I like that you say there's things that happen to us, but then there's things that should happen and don't. And there was a man, uh, one of our one of our one-on-one coaching guys right now that I'm just loving working with, um, had, had a mom who wasn't functional, wasn't highly functional. And, uh, and I said, what do you feel about your mom? And, he just said, I don't feel anything. Uh, and, and so the implication was the negatives aren't really there. The negatives don't affect me. I don't feel like bitterness. I don't feel anger, all those things. 
But I said, but the thing is, you should feel something. You should feel love from your mother. You should feel acceptance. You should feel like you like she's safe. Like you can go. And so yes. because he didn't feel that, there is something missing. And so you look at the things that he's even done sexually, and there's there's you know you can see the story. Like you're saying, you can see it. And so it's very interesting when you look at the patterns uh, and, and look at like Jay Jay Stringer says that the the pathway to sexual brokenness reveals the pathway to healing, and it's so true. So. Uh, yeah, great revelations and great insights, Drew. It's so good what you're doing. It's fun to talk with you guys. <laughs> we love these conversations, and um, uh, it's just great talking with you too, Drew. It's uh, um, understanding these things is so important, and I think that this conversation, in particular, is 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 one of the better ones we've had in the sense that you know these are very real, tangible things, but often we miss it. We, we just focus so much on a behavior. We don't see the underlying things and we don't go there and we don't talk about it. And I love what you said, you know, the tenderness component of this um, to, to, towards healing and freedom, being tender to, um, uh, you know, ourselves, our, our inner child, and then seeing how tender God is towards us, the healing and freedom that we can receive with that understanding, I think is something that we, we lose track of or miss in, in, in the battle with porn. Um, you know, this isn't something that is talked about generally. So thanks Drew for what you're doing, because, uh, you know, this is, uh, something that I, I know, you know, God cares about these areas of our lives, um, deeply, and he wants to touch those areas. And if we have language, a pathway and understanding of how to do this, we're going to see so many people be free from porn. And not only that, have complete transformation in their lives, in their relationships, in their walk with Jesus, and being able to step out and serve, live out the purpose that God has for them. So thanks, Drew. You're so welcome. And so to wrap up, I'd love for you to share uh, with people how they could find you, but you also have a course on healing the inner child, don't you? Yeah. So we did a virtual weekend retreat with Eddie Caparucci on healing the inner child, and you can purchase the videos of that and i also have a brand new version of husband material academy which is all about healing the inner child and it's a much bigger course and it also comes with weekly coaching calls where i am working with men one-on-one on zoom just like what we're doing now and other students are invited to observe and to learn from each other's stories and then the love pours out of them, you know, while this one guy's receiving coaching in front of other people, he's being so brave, he's being so bold, he's being so vulnerable. And then not only does he get to go deeper into his story and encounter Jesus, but then all these other men are lavishing affirmation. And it's just really cool, the kind of online community that we're able to create. And so the Academy is a course, it's coaching, it's a private community. And that's really what I'm focused on right now. Amazing. So you can go to drewboa.com and husbandmaterial.com to find more of Drew and all that he has to offer. So God bless your ministry and God bless you and your family and your kids and your wife. And uh, thanks for being with us today. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.